podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Nat Coombs Show. Ben Isaac's back in the house as we get you set for week 12, our preview show. And what a week 12 slate it is. Packers, Rams, Pats, Titans, Bucks, Colts. How about that for a fab three? Plus, you got the whole AFC North picture. They're all squaring off this weekend. Who's going to emerge from that division? So a whole lot to be getting into. And of course, the games we don't cover on this show prop oh and i will do our best to get into them in edge rush so between those two shows we should have you set for the weekend uh if you haven't already by the way go and check out in the vault iron mike in this review show always good and we look at the playoff picture in that one about the afc and the nfc it is a really really strong show when isn't it frankly when iron mike is in the house but he is on top form so go check that out in the vault if you haven't listened to it already all of that will get you set for the weekend. Let's get on with the show then and say hello to the brilliant Ben Isaacs. Ben Isaacs back in the house. How about this, Ben? We've been left our own devices. Where the hell is Propo? Ah, uh, God knows. I mean, Thanksgiving week, maybe he's mm. maybe shopping, maybe he's been buying his own turkeys which he should not be allowed to do for medical reasons <laughs> i i I, just, I dread to, i dread to think what he's doing but i just know it's going to be a great show mm. without his interfering that's a really really good point every single point you've made is a good one uh i'd like to think he is up to his neck in stats and charts and graphs and preparing for this week's edge rush but i doubt it i doubt it very much well stats stats are for losers and those aren't my words <laughs> those aren't my words I'll reveal his words. Those are later on. Are they the words of Aaron Rodgers? <laughs> oh, no. oh wow. we'll get on to Aaron Rodgers. We'll get straight on to Aaron Rodgers because we are going to preview uh, a number of games. The games we don't get into on this show. And of course, we're recording this as Ben alluded to or get, tipped his hat on Thanksgiving. So happy Thanksgiving, everybody. First of all, I hope you had a good one whenever and wherever you're listening to this. Is Matt Nagy, first of all, going to be head coach of the Chicago Bears by the time the show is published, Ben Isaacs? I, do you know what? I actually think he's going to last the season. Is he? Um, the, you know, the Bears are in their 102nd season in the NFL. They have never fired a coach mid-season. Mm. I think... Why I, start now? Why yeah, I think, I think they know that Nagy's a dead man walking, but they probably don't feel there's a major benefit to getting rid of him now. I think there is. Because it's clear he's lost the locker room. There have been uh, comments that have come out and the people people on the team don't want him there. Mm. But I think they're just going to have to see it out and hope that he doesn't do any more damage. That's got to be one of the toughest gigs in sport, right? When oh. you, you know you're a goner and your team is a losing record at the very best. 500, although that doesn't exist. Can you get, can you, if you presume if you get 8, 8, and 1, yeah. you can be okay. 500. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, yeah. Jeff, I mean, Fisher, the- Jeff, Jeff Fisher could still roll on, is what we're yeah. saying. Yeah, it is It <laughs> okay. is possible. Uh, but yeah, being in that situation where, my God, week 16, a chest. Come on, guys, let's let's go. <laughs> yeah, I, nobody. I, I think he's going to, he's going to have difficulty getting players to listen to him uh, at any point between now and the mm. end of the season. It's you know some of the some of the comments that players made after the game, um, where they were they were clearly calling him out without calling him out, um, yeah, laying it laying it on the coaches and lay and there's been you know sources have sources have said that the the players were so much happier when he couldn't come in the building because he had COVID, <laughs> and that's that's a bad sign. That's if your not, players are celebrating, you've got COVID. Yes, it, it, that writing's probably been on the wall for a little while. Okay, so uh, look, in all seriousness, it's never, um, yeah, it's never fun uh, to see somebody losing their gig, but it sounds like it's the best uh, route forwards for the Bears. And you've been saying on the show for a number of weeks now, things are looking bright. So Bears fans, you got to, I think, have a firm eye on the future and next season. Speaking of the future on Edge Rush, so me and Propo are going to do the Broncos Chargers. We're going to do mini 49ers and Washington Seattle. So we're going to do those three games on that show. Uh, we'll try to get through as many of the rest as we can here. So have you set for the weekend? So let's get straight down to 
the aforementioned Aaron Rodgers. Packers Rams, one of the games of the weekend, really one of the games of the season so far, I think, not least because the Rams, Ben, coming into this off a bye week of back to back defeats, back to back defeats where the previously effervescent offense hit a few kinks and bumps in the road. So is this a good landing spot for the Rams? Because the Packers are banged up. Aaron Jones, Bakhtiari, the line's banged up. Or is this danger zone for the Rams because they're going up against one of the best teams in the NFL? If they're suddenly on a three-game tilt, then things are going to get a little bit shaky in the running. I'm worried about the Rams. I really am. They, I mean, they haven't won since October. Mm. They haven't beaten a good team since September. I'm not counting the Seahawks as a good team. So I'm, I'm saying they, they haven't beaten a good team since September. And they beat the Bucks. And obviously the Colts are good, but those are teams they beat early. Mm. And since then, they've been, you know, they were kind of taking care of business against weaker teams. They weren't really blowouts. They weren't going absolutely crazy. And now they started losing. Um, the the Packers yeah, have a very up, soft soft schedule, haven't they? They, and- they? they really do. But that, I mean, that, that division they're in is a bit tasty mm. um, in that the Cardinals are obviously one of the, one of the better teams in the NFC and the Cardinals have beaten the Rams. The 49ers are quite feisty. Um, I don't see them. I don't see them making the playoffs because of their bad start, but I don't think it's a team that anyone, when you come up against the 49ers, you don't think, Oh, okay, we can take it easy this week mm. as they showed against the Rams where they absolutely obliterated them. How much uh, of that though, the, the narrative afterwards was, well, it's because Shanahan's got McVeigh's number. The ground game is what got it done, and that's a you know a weak link, uh, you know for uh, you know for the Rams, or rather they managed to exploit them defensively mm. in that way and really piled in in that way. Uh, do you think it, that was a slight outlier that that particular matchup? In the same way, say that uh, most of the time at the moment, Sean Payton's got the Bucks card marked and has them sussed out. Is it one of those games that we shouldn't overreact to because it's the 49ers Rams? I think, I think the Rams had a particularly bad day that we've not seen them play that poorly all season. Shanahan did exploit absolutely everything. Von Miller was particularly disappointing mm. um, against the run and the 49ers seemed to be happily running at him knowing that he was not going to be able to fill those gaps um shanahan does seem to have something over mcveigh he does seem to know the tendencies and does seem to scheme around them Mm. but a bit like not quite the same but a bit like that packers loss against the saints at the start of the season i kind of want to put that result in a box put it to one side and say this is an anomaly don't read too much into it beyond the fact that this team can be exploited most teams won't be able to do it the what you say about the, the Packers though is a really good point. They are banged up. Um, the loss of Elton Jenkins, I think, is a particularly particularly big one. Um, I think if you are going to play the the Packers, you'd like to play them when they're a little bit shorthanded. The Vikings took advantage of them last week. The Vikings are obviously better than their record indicates. We know that they've been in pretty much every game and they could easily have won three or four more games than they've won. And we'd be talking about them as one of, as one of the best teams, Mm. you know, they've got, they've got um, JJ and Dalvin cook are two of my favorite players to watch. And even though they've only got Kirk cousins, Kirk cousins was able to get it done against the Packers. And you'd like to think that Matt Stafford would be able to get it done just as well. But that, that running game is not working Mm. for the Rams. And I personally think they do have the running backs to do it. I think they need to be giving them the ball more. I think they need to be able to be giving them more reps. They need and, to be and more how consistent. so? Because that is that is inevitably when you see a, a contending team, particularly one that is built like the Rams, that has been flashing the cash and then some and in the prototype or prototypical win now mode, right? And there's been a team I can remember that it's been more in on one season than the Rams and already and they're seven and three let's not get carried away but already people are saying oh was it you know was that the right move should they have gone for uh, strengthening the ground game and the running back so looking at that position is it committee is it do you give Sony Michelle the 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 lead do you give Henderson the lead is it do you think there's enough diversity in their game in the same way there is with Zeke and, and Pollard, for example, 
is you you why well, you've just tipped your hand to say you feel there's enough there talent wise that it's not being utilized correctly yeah i'd like to see sonny michelle get the ball more um i i think he's you know playing second fiddle to henderson mm. i would i would flip it um i think you know it's it's not a zeke and pollard situation simply because Zeke is one of the top five running backs in the NFL, as far as I'm concerned. And we know they haven't got that kind of bell cow back. And so they were unlucky does... when Akers went down, right? I mean, it was quite late yeah. on in the day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, there's there are mitigating circumstances here. It wasn't that mm. they just thought, oh, you know, Michelle and Henderson are easily going to be able to get it done. Right. They've, when, you know, when Robert Woods went down, um, I thought, okay. Are they going to lean on the run a little bit more? And they haven't quite as much as I as I would would have expected them to. Maybe that's going to change. Maybe they'll have worked on things in the bye week. Maybe um, maybe Odell Beckham Jr. is going to be really clued up on everything that the Rams' offense wants him to do. Mm. So we could see quite a different team. We could see them running the ball more. We could see them using um, Odell in ways that. They didn't use Robert Woods, but losing Robert Woods is a massive, massive blow. Right. And it changes the way they have to approach every game offensively. And it's I'd I'd rather I'd rather Robert Woods than Odell Beckham Jr., personally. Woods is done for the season, is he? It's a torn ACL, mm. so he's he's not coming back. Uh even playoff unless no, there's no way he's coming no. back playoffs no. either, right? Uh okay. So what about Stafford and the deep ball? Because Looking at the numbers here, and, and I take your point that the opposition, relatively speaking, in the first seven or eight weeks of the season was straightforward enough. Stafford was over 50% on deep balls. PFF liked to grade the, or define the big-time throws. He had 13 of them, uh, which put him in the, the higher echelons of active NFL quarterbacks right now. That's week one to eight, right? So 18 of 33 on the deep balls. 13 big-time throws. Last couple of weeks that they've been struggling, zip, zero on seven, one big-time throw. Now, obviously, the lack of woods has affected that. And are we hoping, I get the Rams are hoping, I guess, that Beckham will fill that specific void. Beckham will fill that deep ball void. Yeah, he's going to have to. He's going to have to because it's it was so important to them in the first third or so of the season. They looked so dangerous at being able to to go deep um, on kind of short yardage situations where, you know, if it was kind of second and two, they would do that classic thing of like a 30 or 40 yard pass to really kind of break your back and put them like put them in the red zone. They need they need Beckham to do that. Mm. Now, I wouldn't bet against him doing that. You know, he's he's in a he's in a good spot to be able to be able to do that. And McVeigh would not have got him, you know, just a kind of simple possession receiver. They need him to go deep. Mm-hmm. They need to kind of get bombs his direction and make those big plays. They've not been happening. Um, using the running game more will open that up, providing mm-hmm. the running game can be successful. I sometimes with a, with a wide receiver, I, when they go to a team that's got a very different kind of scheme and they use, very different things, then it can be a problem. But everything that McVeigh has said about Beckham is that there are so many similarities in the things that he was having to do at the Browns with the, with the schemes that he that he has for Beckham on offense in LA. Suggests the transition should be straightforward. So I think they can get back up there. When I say I'm worried about the Rams, I'm worried the fact that they could lose again this weekend, right? Which means they will have gone winless in November which is a tough spot to be in when you're in a division that is very competitive. And the schedule as well, Ben. So after this game, okay, easy-ish bounce as much as you can get in the NFL with the the Jags, but then they've got the Cardinals. The Seahawks, I guess, is a much more straightforward spot than it could have been. It should be, but it is. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. They're the Vikings who, as you suggested, are, are better than advertised and could be scrapping for a a playoff spot week 15, then the Ravens, and then they, they end on the 49ers. And we've all, we've outlined exactly what that matchup looks like, right? Yeah, so they, they need to hope that the 49ers have nothing to play for mm. on that last week. 
and there is a good chance the 49ers won't be able to get into the playoffs in that week. That's because, when Traylon starts and throws for 390 uh, yards. Yes. Four touchdowns. Yeah, oh, that, that's, that's a very good point. It might be that at that point, they've just put Trey Lance in to see, you know, to see what they've got. And that mm. just makes it even more difficult to, to plan for them. The, the Rams have got a difficult, difficult December. Mm. And they are clearly good enough to be a playoff team. And I think they will make the playoffs. Uh, but with this expanded playoff pool, seedings are more important than ever. It isn't mm. simply kind of getting in. It's you want to avoid those things. Do they want to have to be going to the Cardinals or going to Green Bay mm. um, or going to Dallas? They, that is not something that they want to be doing, but they could well get stuck with that. And it just makes that route that much harder. They're built to win a Super Bowl right now, mm-hmm. like, like the Packers are. And those teams do not want to be having to travel around just to be able to, just to, be able to get to the conference championship game. Right. Uh, let's go into Pat's Titans next. Another major game this weekend. T- two teams. Well, I was going to go as far as to say trending in, in different directions. That's probably fair to say the the Titans offense has been struggling for three weeks now, at least. And, and obviously primarily because of the loss of Derrick Henry. But in that time, they've managed to, to scrap out some wins. Right. So it's not as if they're in... Um, free fall and neither of the Rams that's put everything in in context here but the Pats conversely are are the hottest team in the NFL right now everybody's Mm -hmm. talking about them not just as a playoff team but as Super Bowl contenders so let's start with the Titans first they haven't managed to recreate a ground game anything remotely resembling the one they had with Henry which we expected it was obviously going to fall off do you think they're disappointed at how much it's fallen off yeah they should be they really should be. Um, we didn't. We didn't expect them to be able to maintain the standards they'd set with Derrick Henry, obviously. But that drop off has been more severe than than we thought it would be. They they wanted to have a running back by committee, which is the right thing to do. I wasn't confident about Adrian Peterson. I felt he'd been away from the game for too long, and I think that he'd been backsliding mm. um, before he before he left the NFL. But I, I started to convince myself, well, you know, I think he's got a little bit left in the tank. He doesn't have to do too much. If they can get kind of 10 really good plays out of him each week and they can get similar numbers out of other running backs, then they can do okay. But obviously they've cut Adrian Peterson. They've accepted that isn't, that isn't working. They, they've basically accepted that their running game right now isn't working. And they're in and trouble with that because... Absolutely. Absolutely. Look at their receiving core. So... Julio is still an IR. Marcus Johnson, who is Greg Rosenthal. Uh, by the way, spoiler alert, Greg Rosenthal back on the show very soon, listeners. Uh, Greg was pointing out in one of his columns this week, Johnson's starting to produce. He's now on IR. You look at the ground game, McNichols and Foreman listed as questionable. I, Foreman definitely didn't practice on Wednesday. I don't think AJ Brown practiced on Wednesday as well. He's a doubt. And remember, we're recording this gang on Thursday so these things can change and sometimes there's smoke and mirrors as we know with injury reports but if they're not practicing either that's not a great sign even at this stage of the season so I mean they could be massively banged up Nate Davis their guard as well didn't I mean they are coming into this game heavily banged up and you would look at it and think all right Dante Foreman and AP even if they're getting 50% of the production and I realize it's more than the volume of yardage right it's also the type of production, the big play threat of Henry, what he commands in terms of the box. But if they were getting enough to take the ground game a little bit more seriously, then that would be a good step forward because you think, well, we've got AJ Brown and Julio. We've got a good supporting cast that's promising, but they don't. I mean, they could, it's no surprise is what I'm getting at that Tannehill has, he has fallen off a cliff the last couple of weeks what do we expect i mean he just doesn't have enough around him no you know with we know that Tannehill, um with the greatest of respect to him who's been a a very good quarterback in recent years and shown that he can do it after things did not work out in miami Mm. he is not someone who you give the ball to and say win the game for us he's someone you give the ball to and say find find ways for the stars around you to win this game for us he knows his he knows his role in that he's Mm. not he's not Aaron Rodgers hot take he is someone 
he is someone who has to have that supporting cast around him. And he's someone who, when you do have that supporting cast around him, is incredibly reliable. And that's like most competent or above it, quarterbacks. Well, right? yeah, it, Very... it, sh- it should be. It should be. But in terms of those competent... And I, I don't want to put Tannehill in the game manager category, even though, like I say, I want to reclaim game manager. Game manager isn't yeah. an insult. I don't quite put him in that because of the way that he is um, He is more physical and he will like to run more yeah, than the typical game legs. manager. Yeah. But he is someone who is, if I compare him with, say, other competent quarterbacks who you think, okay, should be able to get the ball to their to their weapons and not try to do too much. I don't think there are many quarterbacks who do that better than right. Ryan Tannehill. Yeah. But he does have to have those players around him. You can't put the team on his shoulders. If he has not got if he has not got elite wide receivers mm. and elite running backs, it's going to be very difficult for him. And they have had terrible luck with injuries. And I, d- I don't want to say the wheels are the wheels are coming off. They should mm. still make the playoffs. But are they going to kind of limp to the finish line in the hope that Derek Henry is going to be able to be an absolute force in the playoff because right. we have no idea how healthy he will be. Mm. Let's let, let's work on the assumption he will be back for the playoffs. How healthy will he be for that game, that first game when they're probably going to have to play? You know, in that in that wild card round, you can't see them getting you know getting a uh, a seeding that means they get a bye week. It's it becomes such a grind, and I'm not sure he is going to be simply the missing piece that they can plug in, and they're the Titans from the start of the season. Early January is what they're suggesting right now. I don't think that bodes very well. It no. just it, it looks to me, and I'm basing this on no detailed inside knowledge of, of the foot injury, but reading between the lines, and we'd be doing this a, a fair bit of time, Ben. When when a team is saying when the word coming out is early January, that's an optimistic play, anyway. Yes. Now, of course, they're going to benefit from this season more than previous years that extra week but i could just see this henry's good to go in the wild card game or is it going to be the wild card? i mean i wonder i mean let's just have a quick look i haven't haven't looked at the titans running right so other than the pats and i think they're going to really struggle against the pats for for reasons that we've said and we'll we'll come on in a minute to how much the patriots are rolling they've got an all right run in the the titans so they've got the jags they have the steelers uh the 49ers, the Dolphins, and then they end on the Texans. Yeah, so Dolphins and Texans is the perfect way to be ending, mm. um, especially if they need, say, one more win to get into the playoffs or if if they're lucky enough to have qualified for the playoffs at that point and are fighting for seeding positions. Mm. Those are two teams that, you know, maybe it's people playing for their jobs, but I would, if, if I was the Titans, I'd be very pleased to face Miami and Houston in those final two weeks. I mean, Titans fans listening might be pretty frustrated with us right now because they are the number one seed in the AFC at the moment. And Iron Mike, if you haven't checked it out already, our review show earlier in the week has dropped and we looked at the playoff picture in both conferences, right? So we kind of get into the permutations and get into that in more detail in particular with the lens on the week 11 games. Uh, So they're eight and three. And given that run, and they're going to, worst case, go 11 and six, probably 12 yeah. and four. I mean, but this is the thing. We're, we're holding them to high standards because they have looked so good. Mm. You know, that's the reason that we're kind of having to pick holes in these things. Because this isn't, if you're, if you're a Titans fan and you think, oh, oh, look, they're talking down the Titans. It's not like we're saying, oh, there's, this is a team that would struggle to make the playoffs. Yeah. It's that the Titans should be focused on, can we win a Super Bowl? Right. And that's the lens that we're looking Fair. at them. Is this a team right now that looks like it can win a Super Bowl? And on the evidence that we have right now, because of injuries, I would lean towards no. If they get those players back, and if Derek Henry can be anywhere near how he was at the start of the season, then yes. But it's not beyond the realms of possibility that they're going to lose to the Patriots, that they're going to lose to the Steelers, that they're going to lose to the 49ers. Those are three games they could quite easily lose. And it's unlikely if they lose those three games, they're going to be in the top two seeds mm-hmm. in the AFC, as far as I'm concerned. And that's they want one of those top two seedings. Now, will they beat the Jags, Dolphins, and Texans? You would expect so. Mm. Um, stranger things have happened. Obviously, we've seen them. But going, you know, splitting the final six games of the season is not a good result for the Titans right now. Mm. On the Pats, five in a row, 
outscoring their opponents by 125 points. We've talked a fair bit on the show this season. I, I know I have <laughs> talked a lot about the Pats, but about their identity forming quickly. And it's something that came up possibly on this show, maybe on, on our radio show, Ben, but I was listening to Colin Cowherd's podcast and well, his, the podcast of his radio show. And he was making a very good point, I thought, about a view that I absolutely share. And I guess I've been pushing a similar kind of view, but he elaborated on how we should have seen this coming from a long time ago. The last season, despite so much, the Pats were, if not a contender, then certainly a battling side, right? With a threadbare <laughs> setup. I mean, offensively, obviously, defensively, Belichick was missing so many pieces. And yet they were seven and nine and a couple of paper thin plays from being a nine and seven, you know, possibly a playoff side, right? So that the foundation, whether you argue the foundation was there, the, the reminder that the unbelievable level of coaching and the clarity of vision of the kind of team that he was trying to build this new iteration, right? Which isn't a radical departure from previous Pat's side, but nevertheless, okay, it's the re-up, right? And that's exactly what he did in the off season. So it's, it's a, been a, a coming for a while, I think, this, this identity. And that's one of the reasons why it started to shape quicker than maybe other teams in the league. And it's been dependent on the ground game rolling, which really is now with Ramondre Stevenson. And it's been predicated on Mac Jones being composed, which incidentally, he hasn't been that. I know everyone's raving about his completion percentage and this. And, and look, fair play is a rookie quarterback it's obviously a very impressive season in many respects but during this run he hasn't exactly been lights out Mac Jones starting to more but it's not as if we've got a quarterback here who is is at, at the Joe Burrow Justin Herbert level no and the thing is is that that he was never set up to be that sort of player mm. he was at Alabama but nobody expected that to be replicated in the NFL because last year's Alabama team was one of the greatest offensive teams in college football history and mm. every game they played pretty much was an absolute mismatch the sort of mismatch you do not get in the nfl but i think in years to come there will be many people will be cursing the fact that mac jones fell to bill belichick because bill mm. belichick was the was the player who would, was, was the coach who would be able to mold mac jones into what he needed from a patriot's quarterback right which is someone to be composed consistent not take not take stupid risks not try to do more than the team needs him to do just play within himself get coached up and that is exactly what he's been doing it's not one of those not one of those remarkable rookie seasons where it's like mm. he's just highlight after highlight it's just, my God, he gets the job done. And he's in the right, in right situation. What about Ramondre Stevenson? Based on what you saw on, uh, of him in college, are you surprised at the level he's producing? I mean, 300, where is he? In the last, yeah, in total, this is 305, three touchdowns on 67 carries, right? So, and he's, he's but of course, really starting to hit, hit his groove now. Are you, did you expect him to acclimatize quickly? Well, he, in hindsight, it should have been more expected. At the time, I thought maybe he's going to get a place on the roster. Maybe he won't. Um, will Belichick be happy with how he with how he runs? So when he was at Oklahoma, he was never the kind of clear feature back. Um, he was often the number two. He didn't play a whole lot of games um, at Oklahoma um, because of because of when he joined and then having a COVID season, which was shortened. But in hindsight, he's actually a great fit for Belichick because he's such a willing blocker and he does run hard when he when he needs to. He's not someone who will make a play out of nothing very often. A little bit like with Mac Jones, they're not expecting him to pull off miracle passes mm. each time, thread the ball into triple coverage and get it in such a tight window that no one else can do it. Um, Ramondre is... He is not the he's not the running back version of Mac Jones. He's not as good as that. But he is someone with a similar approach and mentality of playing within playing within himself, doing his job, not making mistakes. He's not a home run guy, 
but he's someone, okay, you need four yards. He will grind out those four yards. You need, you need someone to protect Mac Jones. He will protect Mac Jones. He's an, he's an ideal fit. I, I think he's someone who perhaps we won't see him in New England after the end of his rookie contract, that Belichick will move on to the next bargain, mm-hmm. but he will be a bargain while he's there. And he's really earned that place on the roster. So Bucks Colts next. Is Tom Brady your front runner for MVP right now? He's, uh, I keep wanting to say Kyler Murray, but then I'll watch a Tom Brady game. And I think it's because, because we know it's Tom Brady and because we know how old he is and that this shouldn't be happening, Mm. that I want to put him up there. However, although he's been as impressive as anybody else, this might be the best offense that he has, or at least he might have the mo- most weapons around him as he he's ever had. Yeah. And I, I say that knowing full well what happened in the 07 season where he set so many records in part because of, because of Randy Moss. Mm. But he is just absolutely surrounded by the sort of players who every quarterback should be able to win with. And that's not mm. taking anything away from Tom Brady. That, oh, well, yeah, he's winning with these guys. Anyone could. It's still, it's still Tom Brady doing Tom Brady things. But he is set up. He is set up to do that. And I think you could put another good quarterback in and they could get a lot of that done. And the most valuable player award, I kind of think you should, you should take it that, okay, if that player came out and replaced by an average player, Right, how much of a difference that would make. And of course, there'd be a drop-off. But I think with, say, a Kyler Murray, you replace Kyler Murray, and we've, we've seen that go very badly. But I, I am still absolutely in awe of Tom Brady's season. Mm. You, I, I, I'm with you. He's, made some sort of deal with the devil or something. It quite is quite possible. Uh, he's playing till he's 69 years old. Oh, uh I lo- it always reminds me of, of in, it's coming to America with the barbershop and there Eddie Murphy and Arsenio Hall, the original coming to America, not the of course, God yes. awful <laughs> sequel that was made quite recently. Eddie Murphy and Arsenio Hall in the barbershop. Just uh, Joe Louis, his age just kept going up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Joe yeah. Louis was 97 years old when he won the. That <laughs> Brady was 104 years old when he won the, the thing, Super Bowl. The thing is, with, with the weapons that he's got around him, in particular the receivers, it's, it is easy to say, oh, well, he's doing this because of those receivers and the weapons. The thing is, the reason that Tampa Bay have all those weapons is because Tom Brady is there. Right. And people want to play with Tom Brady and are working on team-friendly contracts mm. that allow them to put together this, put together this roster of yeah. superstars. You know, it's uncanny. It's just like this show, really. You know, all you, Mike... <laughs> Uh, Greg, J-Bell, it's because of Propo. I mean, you know, they yeah. all want to come and be coached by Propo. That's, that, that's it. You know, we, we know that just working around him, our stats are going to go up. <laughs> um, and it's, we want those rings. We want those rings. We'll get them with, with Propo. We have, we are in, in anyway, I don't want to jinx it. There's something on that line that might, uh, might be breaking news soon. Uh, let's talk about the specific matchup against the Colts because, of course, the Colts are all about Jonathan Taylor right now. And this is, as we know, a pretty decent uh, Tampa Bay defense, particularly against the run. Obviously, the secondary has been the big issue. The, uh, Cotton Davis could be back for this game, suggesting. So it's kind of strengthening things there a little bit. Vita Vey is the key to look at here. If he's there, it's going to be a much taller order for the Colts to replicate the, the magic that they have been demonstrating running all over teams left, right, and center. No Vita Vea or subpar Vita Vea because of injury. Are we looking at this, that the Colts have a pretty decent shot? I, th- I, think, this is, I think this is set up for the Colts to win mm-hmm. in that everything that they need to be happening is happening. That Jonathan Taylor is, is on fire and now the Bucks look vulnerable against the run the like the only way the colts will beat them is carson wentz not making mistakes yeah and taylor being able to have what is becoming a uh, a jonathan taylor a jonathan taylor day also an outside bet for mvp i still don't think the colts can do it even though everything is set up for them to have that chance that chance 
I think the Bucks are all set to just click into their next gear now. I think they are getting themselves ready for the playoffs. They know they're getting in the playoffs. Mm. I think this is going to be a clear Bucks win, and I think it says more about the more about the Bucks than the than the Colts, who I think are really good and are also a playoff team. I just think from everything we've seen out of Tampa Bay and the way that Tom Brady plays these games at this time of year, I still don't see the Colts having a chance. I want to look at Carson Wentz a little bit more because the last couple of games, as you rightly say, he hasn't had to do much, hasn't been asked to do much. He's had, what, 33 completions in those last two games for for one touchdown, right? Uh, No interceptions, crucially. But he's had some big games this season too, right? I mean, he had, I, I don't know, look at the opposition, but he had a very strong game against the Jets and they put up 45, three touchdowns, 272 yards. He had three touchdowns against the Titans in that, overtime loss uh, and a mixed bag there. And his completion was erratic, 231 yards through some picks as well. But it's, uh, I guess what I'm getting at here is I know latterly it's been the Jonathan Taylor show. Is there the possibility that particularly with the issues in the secondary that we're perhaps overlooking what the Colts offensive game plan might be a little bit and they might let Wentz test that secondary and and air it out and he might surprise us with a, a bigger performance this week. Oh, certainly especially if especially if the bucks are really focusing on on stopping jonathan taylor which mm. they're going to have to be right there's there's no way they can go into that game and obviously you're not one-dimensional you don't you don't go into thinking okay we stop we stop this player and nothing else matters but if they go into that game thinking right we need to stop carson wentz more than we need to stop jonathan taylor then jonathan taylor's going to run all over them because we mm. know they are not stopping the run like they were at the start of the season. Mm-hmm. But the more that Jonathan Taylor does, the old adage of the, the run opening up the pass, the more if they start stacking the box, that makes it so much easier for Carson Wentz to just, just do the sensible things right. And we have, seen him, we have seen him have some really good games. We've also seen him have some really bad games. Um, Here's think- one for you. Okay. Ben Isaacs, GM next season has mm. the pick of four veteran quarterbacks as his starter. Are okay. you going? Are you going? Kirk Cousins. Oh, okay. Yeah. Carson Wentz. Oh, okay. Yeah. Baker Mayfield or uh, Ryan or Ryan Tannehill. Oh, wow. Wow. Um, I feel Baker's got the highest upside. Um, I feel that Tannehill's got the highest floor. Kirk Cousins is kind of right in the middle. Carson, <laughs> that's been his entire career. Yeah, Carson Wentz is the wild card. He very much is. I think in this situation, I, 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 it's, I guess it's the, do I bet on myself and get Baker Mayfield and be confident I can take him to that next level? Or do I get Ryan Tannehill knowing that providing I do a good job in other areas, he can win, he can win games. And I would go with Ryan Tannehill. Going Tannehill. Got a, just damn you for that one. Cause that is a, that is <laughs> it's a beast. so hard. We've got to put that out there on, I'll, I'll ask oh. Andy and the crew to put that out on social. Let us oh, know listeners. If, you, if you're listening and you've got a few, a uh, few moments, just tag us at, the NC show, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, which way would you go on that? That fab four. I, I think I am. I can't go. Oh God. <laughs> I can't. I'm not going Wentz. I Baker. I'm not. It, it's actually Tannehill or cousins for me. I think I'm going Tannehill. I have to. I, have I to was go. so close to taking cousins, a, a player. Yeah. I very rarely got a good word to say about, whereas oh. I'm more likely to say good things about the other three. Yeah. Well, let's go. Let's move on to Baker because Browns Ravens, another cracking game this weekend. Baker's banged up. He's let us know that you can tell from his performance. It, the Cleveland fans gave him a pretty tough time after the Lions game. And he, he look, he's a heart and a sleeve kind of guy. He always has been, right, Baker? So his response was, was understandable. And outside of anything else, he clearly wants this, you know, clearly wants 
to succeed in Cleveland with this team. I, I don't think anyone can doubt his his conviction. And that sounds like it should be a given for any NFL quarterback. You and I both know that <laughs> that isn't the case, Ben, right? <laughs> Jay Cutler, stand up and salute. Uh, so where are we with this right now? Should they rest up Baker, put Case Keenum in, the $6 million man, of course, Case Keenum, as I love to try out the stat, but one of the highest paid backups in the business and for a reason, right? Uh, Keenum's a decent deputy, as he's demonstrated already this season. Just let Baker rest up for a bit, keep him in the mix, or are they thinking we're not going to stay in the mix without Baker? It just feels as though they are cutting off the nose to spite their face here. To me, I think it comes down to comes down to a question, and I'll, I'll put it to you. Mm. Do you think the Browns have any shot of winning the Super Bowl this year? Oof. I think they have a shot. Yeah. I think a fit Browns has, I think there are so many teams that you can make a case for because, and particularly in the AFC that it's such a condensed pack and it's with now, are they amongst the longer shots on that list? Of course, but would I be amazed if the Browns won the Super Bowl? Or at least had get got to this. What, what are we saying? Get having a shot against the championship game. Okay, right? okay, I'm okay. Let's say reaching the Super Bowl, reaching reaching the Super, the Bowl. Super Bowl. I think they have a long shot at that. Yeah. yeah, it feels like it's quite a long shot. I mean, it's not beyond them as a possibility. It isn't like we're we're not saying the Texans. Well, let's talk about which teams we think have a shot. So, all right, let's look at the obvious ones in the AFC: the Bills and the Patriots, the yeah. Chiefs. Yeah. The he Ravens. Did, despite everything that's happened with the Chiefs. Yeah, the Ravens. Yeah. Those, I think, are the kind of clear four. And the Titans as well. I think oh, on the basis they get Henry back. I, I'd i put the Bengals in that mix. The Bengals as well. well. Okay. Are we putting the Steelers? This is a that has a shot. Yeah, this is has a shot of I I I don't see the Steelers as having a shot of making this. I mean, mm. a realistic shot. Let's say. Okay, okay. I don't feel the Steelers have got a realistic shot. I agree. Um, I feel the Titans do, the Bengals do, the Ravens do, the Chiefs do, mm-hmm. the Bills do, and the Patriots do. In the NFC, the Packers, the Bucks, the Rams, the Cardinals, the Cowboys, the Cardinals, the Cowboys. Are we thinking? The 49ers? No. I no. mean, there's, I mean, no. I mean, I, I think there were teams. That... So we're talking about two camps, really. Those with a credible shot and those yeah. with an outside shot, not just because mathematically they can make the playoffs. Yeah, yada, yada. yeah oh, okay. exactly. I would put the Browns in an outside shot. Yeah, because I mean, don't forget that if, you, if you're one of the lower seeds, you've got to win a load of road games to reach the Super Bowl. And we're not talking about teams that can make the playoffs. I'm talking about teams that I think can win their conference championship. So let I, me ask you this, Ben Isaacs. In the two seasons in the last 20 years that the Giants won the Super Bowl, when they did exactly that, wild card, nine and seven, whatever they were, road trip central, would at this stage of the season, would they probably were about five. They probably had a similar record to the Browns. Baker and Eli, you could maybe interchange, although, you know, I'm a big fan of Eli, but you get my point. Would you have answered then? Or probably could, not. No, right. Probably so. not. And there were there were always as well teams ahead of them in the NFC mm-hmm. who were at that point clearly better. Right. And obviously the Giants managed to kind of gather those two magical runs. Yeah. I mean the the fact that you know that Eli Manning, there's a good chance that by the time Aaron Rodgers retires, that he will have fewer rings than Eli Manning, mm-hmm. and they will have been in that conference at the same time, and Eli Manning will have had more success than him on teams that were never as good as the Aaron Rodgers teams and never playing as well. Mm. Um, but those, um, you know, those seasons, we love to see those seasons, but they are quite rare, aren't they? I guess and, it's a fair point that they are the exception to the rule. I'm just thinking yeah. other teams that have made it to the, the conference championship game, right? So, you know, a good shot of the Super Bowl then that have been indifferent at, this stage of the season, just over halfway, whatever it is through the through the season, there are a fair few of those, right? Yes, but um, with those teams, the teams that if we look back and we said, okay, well, going into Thanksgiving weekend mm-hmm. games, would would you have thought this team could make a championship game or make a Super Bowl? And we yeah. said no. They were probably teams that started slowly mm-hmm. and ended up getting better. 
like, like say the 49ers right now. Yeah. Whereas the Browns seem to be good. And then we started to see that they are very up and down. Mm-hmm. And so much of that is down to Baker. Now mm. I feel that, and I'm sure that, you know, the, the Browns organization are not going to look at the season and think, well, yeah, we've got no shot of making the Super Bowl. Mm. But if they feel, okay, this probably isn't going to be our year. Then I think at this point you shut Baker down and you get him to have the surgery and get everything fixed. So you have a run at it next year rather than try to do everything on the fly and not have him ready or as ready as you would like for the start of the 2022 season. Right now, if you're a Browns fan, this might sound absolutely terrible. The idea of right, we're giving up on the season, Mm. but I think you've got to look at the long-term plan and the long-term plan needs to be, if they're going to be successful is to have a quarterback who they can rely on. And right now they can't rely on Baker Mayfield in Mm -hmm. part because he is really injured Mm -hmm. and he needs to get fixed. And if they don't fix him, maybe he's going to get absolutely broken and maybe he won't be ready at the start of next season. And then what do you do? On the Ravens, let's talk about them because it was an impressive win given they had no Lamar. Uh, Defense, by all accounts, seems to be improving. Are they the most when they're... When I say fully fit, no team is it's fully fit at this stage of the season. But you know, when they have Lamar back and Hollywood, yeah. Hollywood fit, are they the most uh, balanced of the contenders in the AFC? Do you think? I would have said the Bills at one time, but I'd now be leaning towards the Ravens. Right. Um, they 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 escaped with a win without Lamar. Yeah, um, against the Bears. Um, and they did deserve to win that game. In the end, it was kind of they they got a little bit lucky at the end, but that was a game that they did deserve to win. Mm. And a win without your star quarterback can prove crucial. That one win right. could be the difference between you know a buy and not a buy, or a home game yeah. and a road game. Right. Um, Rashad Bateman was so good. He in the, especially in the first half, he terrorized um, Kindle Vildor, who is one of the worst quarter cornerbacks in the league. And they ben, just, just on just on Bateman for because you you obviously watched that game uh, closely and uh, Bateman might be one of those players that listeners because he hasn't because he's been injured of course so he hasn't played yeah. that much the listeners seen the odd highlight seen the odd you know moment on red zone but haven't really looked at him closely talk us through the kind of receiver he is um, he is excellent at running routes he is really tough. He can he can take a hit. Mm. Um, he is he's great in the he's great in the slot, but can be used in all sorts of ways. He's really really versatile. Um, he manages to get good separation very very quickly. He's got a good he's got a good burst, and if you need him to just kind of go vertical, he can do it and just get under that get under that ball at the mm. when. I don't know if it was when we were doing our pre-draft coverage or when the Ravens drafted him, but I remember saying like, he is a future pro bowler. And I, I stand by that. He, he had a tough, he had a tough start because of the injury and we're going to start to see him now really come into his own. And I Mm. think he's someone who, if he's healthy for the entire 2022 season, he's going to be an absolute superstar. And the Ravens fans are going to absolutely Love him. If you don't already, then get ready for Rashad Bateman to be one of your favorite players. I, I mean, God, that is a high praise indeed. Big weekend in the North because if the Ravens can put the Browns away, they move to eight and three and the Browns drop to 500. And of course, the Bengals and Steelers are playing each other as well. So it's going to be a very important weekend as far as the trajectory of that division uh, is uh, headed. And with the Steelers Bengals, Upside for the Steelers, TJ Watt, Minka, Joe Hayden, all set to return this week. That was obviously their absence is instrumental in what we saw last time out. On the flip side of that, this is a key battle in the trenches the other way around. So that Pittsburgh front is always going to cause trouble. But the other way around, in terms of the Cincinnati front 
Hubbard and Trey Hendrickson have combined for 15 and a half sacks this season, they can get in the mix. And as we well know, hot take coming up, Ben Isaacs. <laughs> Big Ben's not the most mobile of quarterbacks, I think it's fair to say these no. days. No, and I really like what the, the Bengals defensive line has been doing. It's um, It was an underrated part of that team going in, I think. Um, I don't know where I am with the Steelers. I'll be honest. I don't think anyone does, man. They, they, they can. <laughs> Same as last year when they yeah. were winning and winning it. Oh, that's the worst 11 and 0. Yeah. It's yeah. It's now. No one's really sure no, where we like, are with the Steelers. Yeah. They, they should have lost to, to probably the Bears and the Lions and somehow didn't. Um, I mean, I know how the somehow is. There was some terrible, there was some terrible officiating against the Bears and the, the Lions were without Jared Goff. And it's, mm. I mean, uh, wow, um, the the Lions are bad enough, but without Jared Goff, they're absolutely stinking. Mm. And that that awful overtime game that was a tie. They seem to, when they're avoiding defeat this year, and I'm saying avoid defeat, not just win, because obviously they avoided defeat against the Lions but didn't win. They seem yeah. to avoid defeats by keeping the scores low mm. and having these very slow games. But now they've shown they can keep up in a shootout, like. I, I think last week against the Chargers was an anomaly. I don't expect to see that sort of Steelers performance where they're allowing that many points and also scoring that many points. But they've kind of shown that they can they can play in all sorts of ways. And yet I have no confidence in them doing either of those consistently. Mm. They have got players back and that division is going to be absolutely wild because any team, as much as I'm saying, I don't see the uh, don't see the Browns as a realistic Super Bowl contender. They're still in the hunt to win that division. Really, mm. you know, it's not it's not crazy. Well, on that, Ben, let's wrap on that. Who is taking the AFC North? Who is, if anyone else beyond the division winner, making the playoffs from the AFC North? Put your money, Mister Isaacs, where your mouth is. Okay, um, I think that it, it is the Ravens. Um, the Ravens division to lose. Mm-hmm. And I think they'll probably only end up winning it by a game. I think it's going to be tight. Mm. I still think the Ravens um, could lose a couple more times this season. And I think that they will look back on the, the game where Lamar was ill mm-hmm. and that they, and that they managed to sneak out of soldier field with a win as the thing that is perhaps their most important win of the season. I think they're going to win it a game ahead of the Bengals. And I think the Bengals will make the playoffs. I really like this Bengals team. I want them to put it together. I think they can be so much fun. I don't want it to. I, I think there's a there's a there's a temptation that oh, Burrow's been making some mistakes, so let's kind of neuter him a little bit. And I, mm. I yes, cut down on the picks, but you don't want to draft Burrow and Chase and then decide you're better off not passing. Right, you need to limit the mistakes. I think if they can limit the mistakes. They will make they will make the playoffs. Um, I'm not sure if they're going to make it past the first game of the playoffs with the Bengals, but this is just perhaps the first step on a journey. And I don't see the Steelers and Browns doing it. I think that that division is just going to be too bruising. Mm. They're going to take too many wins away from one another. But the I still Browns think- have got the Ravens back to back, haven't they? So oh, they've got um, they've got them this week, of course, and then. Then there's a, they have the bye, and then they have the Ravens yeah. again. They've got the Raiders, the Packers, the Steelers, and the Bengals. I mean, that is tough. I, I, everything I said seven minutes ago, I retract. <laughs> the Browns <laughs> but, aren't even making the playoffs. Yeah, that, it's, it's, it is it is so tough. And we don't we don't know if Baker will will be able to play. And I don't just mean mm. that the Browns will shut him down, but whether he takes another hit and he just is forced out. Mm-hmm. And then you've got and then you've got Case Keenum, and the, 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 you do not want to have. Case Keen in that division, if Case Keenum is your starting quarterback and the other starting quarterbacks are are Big Ben, Burrow, and Lamar, mm-hmm. then you're at a disadvantage, even though Big Ben, this should be his last season. I mean, who knows? Um, so that I mean, this is why this is why I was saying I I don't feel the Browns are legitimate contenders to reach the Super Bowl. That division is absolutely wild, and it's it's like it's like a bunch of kind of rabid badgers trying to get out of a <laughs> hole and they're not all going to get out and some of them are just going to perish and 
That was I, proper partridge. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Rabbit badges, scrapping. Uh, all right, I'm gonna let's wrap on another difficult call for you, Ben. Hypothetical, mm-hmm. difficult call. We're gonna work on the title of these, but you get my drift. GM Ben Isaacs, you've you've locked in Ryan Tannell. He's your quarter. He's your franchise QB, but you yeah. need a head coach. Oh boy, <laughs> you oh boy. need a head coach, Ben. And unfortunately, the way the cards have fallen, you've only got a choice of four. Okay. Are you going to pick as your head coach to build the Isaacs freight train? Are you going to pick John Gruden, oh. Urban Meyer, oh. Dan Campbell, or Matt Nagy? Okay, right. Um, I think, I think, I don't think Roger Goodell is going to let me hire Gruden. Fair. I think there will be, I will put myself in a bad position if I do that. Yes. You get a lot of unwanted attention. Yeah. So, uh, I'm, so I'm yeah. taking him out. Urban Meyer is someone who I felt could be good in the NFL. And I think the reason he wanted to go to um, Jacksonville is because he knew he could coach Trevor Lawrence and mm-hmm. felt that whoever's got Trevor Lawrence has an inherent advantage over other teams him and Ryan Tannehill, I don't feel like that's a good fit. So he's gone. <laughs> I'm down to Dan Campbell, who's, who does not fill in with confidence, or Matt Nagy, who I have previously compared to a university janitor pretending to be a <laughs> physics professor. You have. Um, the thing is, Dan Campbell's not proven anything to indicate that he can be a head coach in this league, mm. whereas... Matt Nagy has been to the playoffs twice, once very, very, very lucky. And once where Trubisky played his, his one good season in this hypothetical situation, I am hiring Matt Nagy. Wow. And I'm not feeling good about it. I'm Mm. feeling worse about that than Tannehill. Um, But Matt Nagy has shown that he can win in recent years in the NFL, which is not something I can say about the other three. Gruden obviously has the best track records, but I think Gruden is a toxic. Gruden. He is toxic at best and out of place in the modern NFL. Are you going to be, a, it sounds to me like you're going to be a Jerry Jones style owner. I mean, I know you're obviously going to have your corporate box and I'll be in there high-fiving you. Um, Absolutely. Um, but, and this, uh, this is the hypothetical involved. London franchise when the NFL moves to 40 teams. I just want to say, Pro football talk is really pushing this thing of there being of expanding <laughs> yeah. to 40 yeah. and having two teams in London, <laughs> which I'm, I'm going to say now, yeah. London's not going to have two NFL teams. Yeah. Maybe you'll have hot, one. Hot take. Uh, I, I know. I love that. The, um, the idea of you, I think you'd take over play calling. You'd just be hanging around on the sidelines. You'd be front and center. You'd at some point when, when you'd gone one and when Nagy gone one and eight, you would <laughs> make the surprise move of taking over offensive play calling. Yeah. <laughs> and the thing is, I would feel that sort of general manager, a Jerry Jones style where nice. I'm, yeah, we're perhaps there. We're in the, we're in the executive box. We've got like the flashiest box. The box has got a hot tub. The it's whole Chris Christie in there. Crazy. Uh, yeah. If Chris Christie wants to go one game per season, he's allowed to come <laughs> okay. one game. Yeah. And I would feel if I'm that sort of general manager, I can kind of, I can push Matt Nagy around. Yes. Whereas I don't want to try and push Dan Campbell around. Right. Right. Because you, I think yeah. I'm going to get, I'm going to get my head held in that hot tub until I drown. If I try that with <laughs> yes, Dan Campbell. Definitely. And if, if I'm there in the hot tub, I can't let John Gruden anywhere near that hot tub. Yeah. That is not, that is not a good idea. <laughs> no. Urban Meyer would be desperate to get in the hot tub. Meyer would just coach with- from the hot tub. I'm surprised he hasn't done that. I'm surprised he's <laughs> co- called the fourth quarter from that swimming pool inside the Jacksonville yeah. I, 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 I strongly suspect he would quite like to be fired by the Jags and get a payoff and get one of the massive jobs that are available in college football right now. Yeah. Um, so wouldn't that, that be, wouldn't that be great if the, if he knows he's gone, you know, he's going to go to Arkansas. What would be a, well, actually we could save that for a college day. It's a cushy, cushy landing spot for Urban Meyer, but you know, a big high profile, lot of money college job. And he knows he's done, right? It's a bit like the TV show that knows it's been canceled. Those weird <laughs> last episodes where they yeah. know they're not coming back. And Meyer comes in, 
decides for the second half of the Jags' final home game of the season just to call the plays from the swimming pool in the stadium. And he has <laughs> different <laughs> special guests that call the play. So he has Usher, LL Cool J, and, and the, Matthew McConaughey calling plays. The, the plays get called and they're put up on the big screen <laughs> just before yeah. they're run. Yeah. That's what oh, I want. We've got to now, do this. I, I, I've got to also say, I started off by saying stats are for losers. And True. that is Raheem Morris said that he's currently the defensive coordinator of the Rams. And obviously the stats are showing that the Rams defense is regressing. Ah. I don't think stats are for losers. I would never do that to Propo. I no. think stats are important, but this is Raheem Morris, who was obviously not a very successful head coach mm. <clears throat> and hasn't, I, I get that he wants to be kind of that defensive guy. He's maybe, Maybe he's going to be my defensive coordinator if he gets drummed out of LA um, for not fitting the uh, the McVeigh profile. Um, but he's not he's not going to be our hot tub guy. He's going to be there on the sideline, just getting really angry. You've, you've, that, you've got yeah. you've got Morris in your coordinating team then as well. So it's starting to shape up the eyes. I think we've got yeah, to try and build this every every week now. I want to, yeah, try I want to think, add to this. I think I think we're getting there, and we'll have we'll have the. We'll have one of the London teams. We'll have yes. these two notional London teams, and we will be, we'll be the London team that everyone's like. Uh, we only needed one. Yes, no one wants to see this. We'll team. be the Chargers. Yes, <laughs> basically, yes. no offense, Chargers fans. I love you, but you should have stayed in San Diego. All right. Yeah, we. Uh, they know they are not they top banana in LA. Back to San Diego. Uh, brilliant, Ben. Great stuff. At tweets from Ben is where you follow. The big man on Twitter, uh, he is, of course, a key part of our live radio show, of course, Talk Sport 2, every Sunday from 5 o'clock. Make sure you lock in. Even if you've got Game Pass or watching the games in a certain way, have us on as well. Because this is it's all the rage these days, man. People multi-channeling, multitasking on three or four devices at the same time. Yeah, I think the thing is, is that if you're watching your team or the game of the week or you're watching Red Zone, and you're keeping up with everything else by listening to us, you are just taking in all the information. All of you it. Can, you can never have too much, and you can never be the person who knows m- the most in the NFL. You want to be the person who knows everything in your WhatsApp group rather than, you know, everyone's got that friend who likes to think they know everything. You can be the person who does know everything by watching a game and listen to us, have fun, and pick through these things and go through our hot takes and our hypotheticals and what do we go through what players are which biscuits we did at one point at one yeah. point of the show we discussed i mean this is the kind of the hypothetical london franchise with mediocre coaching and quarterbacking it's that kind of shtick along with quarterbacks uh, or was it teams as biscuits or quarterbacks as, quarterbacks as biscuits quarterbacks as biscuits quarterbacks yes as biscuits. Yeah. yes it was um and i i want to know and this is something you can you can tell us um, while we're on the while we're on the radio or the next podcast. Mm. If we are the second London team, we are the LA Clippers, yes, rather than the Lakers. Sure, we are the we are the unpopular London team. Yeah, and it's decided that we can't play at the Tottenham Stadium and we yeah. can't play at Wembley. Yeah, where where are we playing? Give us give us some options that would that would fit Loftus Road. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, Loftus. Like there are certain there are certain stadiums where they've said, "Oh, the, the pitch is too small." Whenever I've been to a game at Loftus Road, I feel like I'm on the pitch. Yeah, even better. I mean, forget this. Forget the old school where the Chargers played in the thirty thousand seats. <laughs> yeah. We're playing at Barnet. Yeah. <laughs> We're playing at Barnet. Can you imagine the NFL teams coming over? What the? <laughs> yeah. What is this? Yeah, they have That's to get changed advantage. at a local school. I also want some ultras as well. I mean, this could run and run. We got to roll. We got to roll with this. Uh, brilliant stuff, Ben. Uh, as I say, our tweets from Ben is where you follow Ben on uh, Twitter. Make sure you do that. Uh, we will see you very soon. College days dropping. We're not going to drop one this week because we're tight for tight for time this week. But so the thing gonna... is, next week, yeah, next week is championship weekend. All the Ooh. conference championships games. So we will get you ready for all of that because that is where all the playoff rankings will be decided. So that's that's the one. Bumper college day is coming your way. And we're going to keep on rolling that franchise, seeing as we're, that is uh, all the rage right now, that word. Brilliant stuff, Ben. Look after yourself. See you next week. Cheers. See you soon. Always fun with Ben. Always good insight. And I'm loving 
this hypothetical London franchise that we're building. Get involved with that. If you've got suggestions uh, of where we should play, what our name should be, who else should we should bring into the mix? Players, coaching staff, someone else to work in the front office with Ben. I mean, all of this good stuff. Let us know. At The NC Show. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. All of you who've been leaving reviews on our pod platforms, we massively appreciate that. We really do. It's great to hear from you. We love the fact you're enjoying the show. Most of you anyway <laughs> seem to be enjoying the show. And it really helps us as well with our sponsors. Helps algorithmically, Propo tells me, uh, spreading the word, getting the word out there. Uh, and we love making the show for you. We love getting it out there. And we really appreciate any feedback that you've got for us. So if you have 30 seconds, a minute, whatever, however long it takes to drop us a review on that, we would really appreciate it. Spread the word, gang, spread the word. Speaking of social at the NC show, big shout out to Andy and the crew for keeping the fires burning there. Massively appreciate that as well. We are back with the review show. Uh, what am I talking about? Edge Rush first, me and Propo, and then the review show with Iron Mike early next week. Happy Thanksgiving to everybody and enjoy the week. Well, sweet, slate. See you then. Bye for now. Podcast Network.